Hello and welcome to Positive Mental Attitude, a podcast about the positive aspects of mental health. I'm Juliette Burton. I'm a comedian, a speaker, a writer, normally in the reverse order, and I'm also a mental health advocate, uh, which doesn't mean that I'm advocating mental health conditions. I'm, I'm actually just, uh, I have mental health conditions and um, I, I, I kind of found ways of coping um, and have been in therapy for well over half my life. Um, and yes, I have received medals um, for services to psychiatry. Uh, no, I haven't. I wish I did because I like jewellery. Um, do get in touch with me if you'd like to uh, be uh, mentioned on this podcast. This week, I have a friend called Alex Cheney who I met on Twitter a few years ago and he has acute anxiety disorder. So I took him on, as you naturally would, a bus because our lovely sponsors at Stagecoach said, Juliet, could you please do something on a bus? And I said, sure. I'll drag somebody who has experienced agoraphobia out onto public transport. I'm in Cambridge now, which is where I actually grew up, with the lovely Alex Cheney, and we are going to be getting on the bus and going for a little journey and little chats as well, which is very exciting. Um, Alex, because you, you, you have a history of anxiety disorder. Yes. So we're going to chat a little bit about that, and, um, and public transport was something that was a bit of a struggle for you? Major struggle, yeah. Major struggle, yeah. so this is a big deal for you today? Uh, not so much now, but sort of 18 months ago it would have been. Can you paint the picture of what you were like 18 months ago? So 18 months ago it was a, well, it was a, a three year period really um, that started in my second year of uni um, where um, I had a, a relapse with my mental health and a major relapse which got to a point where I was from being in halls and doing all, all of that um, and you being completing the first year of uni um, that I basically became housebound virtually again. Um, was that a gradual thing? It was quite sudden um, over a six month period really it started um, so there was um, a change in my support worker at uni and also a few of us who I'd made friends with who were going to move into a flat and that sort of fell through and um, my best friend who I was in uni with he didn't know if he was going to be able to find accommodation so that sort of was the start of it and but my anxiety was sort of flaring up as well it was I think the more I was getting involved in labour stuff, like I went to Edinburgh, I went to Glasgow for a labour students event in August, in that August, and that was particularly difficult, even though I was achieving it. Um, what was difficult about it? I think because I just never done anything like it before, and it was so out of my depth, really, um, and I just didn't have provision really in place to sort of be in a place to be doing it and coping. So was it too much too soon? I think so. I think I just, instead of gradually building stuff up, I think I just kind of went in head first to the second year of uni, quite anxious, but coping. And then sort of I got this, well, it was a skin condition in the end, but what the doctors didn't know it was something like a boil basically on my bum Ooh. 
That sounds fun. Yeah, it was real fun. Um, so it was on, I think it was about eight antibiotics in the end they tried. It was really quite a serious bum boil. Yeah, <laughs> and it got to a point like, oh, I couldn't sit down at some points and I like, had to use a special cushion and everything because it was so uncomfortable. So the physical pain kind of pushed the anxiety disorder further, do you Yeah, think? Uh, it, it's, uh, it escalated things quite rapidly. I've heard that that's actually, I think quite a few people I've spoken to, they sometimes a physical health issue can be the, the straw that breaks the camel's back in a way that, that yeah. that's what causes a relapse or uh, it's when you're, when you physically you're more run down, mm. therefore you don't have the mental energy to, to keep dealing with whatever it, mental health disorder is that you're managing. Yeah. Cause it Absolutely. takes a lot of effort yeah. to manage it constantly. Yeah. Uh, and I have OCD fears around getting ill and sort of things like that, and it's quite a major thing. So, I mean, I have I have OCD as well, as you know. <laughs> I have obsessive compulsive disorder. If anyone doesn't know what OCD stands for, that's what it is. For, for different people, OCD can can manifest in different ways. Yeah. Some people it's ritualistic behaviour. Some people it's um, it's cleanliness or dirt, uh, germs. Um, cleaning uh, a lot. Uh, for some people, it's organisation or um, or superstitious magical thinking, as it's called in the therapy world. Um, what was your specific um, experience of OCD? It was germs related, germs. and obviously, even though, like, because I was having to go to the doctors quite a lot. Every time I was going to the doctors, that my fear of ge the germs and being around people ill, like, it just escalated. How did that lead? you to not being able to leave the house it escalated my anxiety my depression my ocd my phobias to a point where in the january and february i then had exams um at uni and i didn't cope and i was starting to miss classes i still had the support workers but um it just was getting too much and I, I just couldn't cope and by March I had come home and couldn't leave the house. When I always struggle when I'm trying to explain to people when I say like, I, I can't do this because yeah. I'm, I'm a great believer in positive thinking mm. uh, this whole podcast is called Positive Mental yeah. Attitudes um, and I, I do think that focusing on, on the positive aspects of life is the only way that I can get through and focusing on what I'm grateful for and when and when I say I can't do something I, like you know a child says I can't do something and and you say oh yes you can it's it's mind over matter whether you can or you can't uh so Henry Ford said whether you think you can or you can't either way you're right and I I always believe in that apart from when it comes to this block that eventually I get to sometimes with specifically my anxiety disorder that there's there's just a, I can't I can't I can't leave the house it's not a positive mental attitude thing it's a the most positive thing I can do for me to look after myself right now is to to not to not leave the house to 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 stay safe mm. um and get a different type of help now that's that maybe not might not be mentally healthy but it yeah. is a survival mechanism yeah so how I still struggle with explaining to people when I say I can't, I couldn't leave the house. Because yeah. there's been times in my life when I couldn't leave the house. Mm. Some people would say that that 
that's just weak or you, you, you just have to pull your socks up and get over it and get out of, just, just walk out the door. What do you mean you can't yeah. get out the door? You just do it. Yeah. How, how would you explain how you felt then? Why you couldn't, why couldn't you leave the house? I think it was both physical and mental that I just felt like I couldn't do anything and just wanted to curl up in the ball and pretend the world wasn't happening really. It was uh, just so like horrific really. It was I often feel that in those situations everywhere in my mind is a dark corner. Like every train of thought leads me to an an enemy in my own mind. So yeah. the more stimulation I get, the more things I do, the more opportunities there are for me to to fail, more opportunities that there are for me to have these spiky thoughts um, mm. that hurt. Like it, it's the the thoughts the thoughts hurt. Yeah. And there's too many of them, <laughs> and they're spiralling. Yeah. And yes, there's too many tabs open, but it's not just that. It's it's that that they're all playing horror movies, you know, in your mind. Mm-hmm. Is, is that how it felt for yeah, you? Yeah, absolutely. It was just... To even think of it, or even think of the concept of it, just brought on panic attacks. And, like, I had even... I had, like, regular panic attacks throughout sort of my whole childhood and adolescence and at uni. But the severity of them were, at that point was so bad. Like, I... Could I was shaking so much that I couldn't stop myself. Like it was, I was just literally. Rock, I was in bed. I was rocking the bed. I was shaking so much, and it was quite constantly like that for I'd say a period of three years, um, where I was at points where. Yeah, the, the shaking. The shaking was the worst, but obviously, like loads of panic attack side effects, like heart palpitations, like like just nausea and everything like that. But yeah, the shaking was just the most horrific because it was totally uncontrollable. And no matter how much I focused on trying to stop them, I couldn't. That sounds really difficult. I am. Um so I'm slightly lost in what you're saying. So absorbed by it because last night I had I had uh, don't know if I said panic attack is the right word, crying fit, um, where I couldn't sleep. I could not stop crying, like fat tears, like really fat tears. Mm. And the heart the heart palpitations are scary when that happens. If 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 I hadn't been diagnosed with an anxiety disorder. I would honestly be convinced I was dying at that point. Mm. And sometimes I do think, what, what's <laughs> happening? My, my heart's gonna leap out of my chest. I'm, I, I can't control my breathing. I, I physically can't breathe. Mm. That, this is about positive mental attitude. Mm. What things helped you? What, what got you from not being able to leave the house and in that state? Yeah. Because when I can't breathe, one of the simplest things I found was, was a breathing gif. Mm. Um, there's an amazing breathing gif if you if you Google anxiety uh, anxiety disorder breathing gif. Um, yeah. This is gorgeous. Have you seen it? There's kind of a um, there's loads of them out there, but there's one that 
it's a shape that grows like a it grows from a, a line on the ground to a triangle to a square to a god a hexagon and then a pen, pentagon i'm getting <laughs> probably getting those names of those shapes wrong and then it and then it goes back in again and it says just breathe breathe along with this this shape and it grows and then it, it expands and then it it contracts and it expands and if i do that for about a minute yeah. i start to feel like i can think mm-hmm. i can i can have space around my thoughts a little bit yeah what's what things did you find helped you my dog was the main factor um dogs are amazing yeah, they're amazing she just like cuddle with her that's why you follow uh, me on twitter <laughs> i share so many pictures of dogs on twitter <laughs> So yeah. what, what was your dog called? Uh, she's Cass- called Cassie. And is she still around? Yeah, oh, she's maybe. getting old though. She's eleven and yeah, a bit frail. But how does she help you? Just being there and just someone who doesn't care <laughs> about anything and just yeah. Is it stroking her because uh, being able to have something tactile? Yeah, tactile, especially with autism. Tactile, I mean, something tactile and yeah, the softness of her fur and. Yeah. And having a companion, yeah. a, a, a living being that depends on you. Yeah. Um, I love dogs. I love them so much. I love the fact that they, yeah, are something soft to stroke to calm me down. Something that forces me to go for a walk. Mm. Uh, yeah. For, forces me to take time to to breathe and have space to think. Mm. Yeah. It, I mean, even at my worst, I could still walk her to the end of the road and back. And, and that's an achievement on, yeah. a, on a day when your anxiety disorder is really bad. Yeah. What's your feeling on the way it's portrayed in the media? I think it's very much stigmatised still. I think, like, casual language, like, nutter, psycho, other examples, crazy, are used to insinuate mental illness. And it's really bad it shames people it has a negative impact it stops people seeking treatment because of fear through them being seen that way and yeah i think it's it's dangerous i would love to see it change i would love to see how um i'd love to see attitudes and portrayals and headlines um being a bit more uh, insightful um, soap operas they, they've done quite well yeah um, both EastEnders and Coronation Street have done really good storylines in the past couple of years on do you think they, they have the power to help people understand mental illness more yeah I think definitely they've gone into quite depth in, in depth on it and not just sort of got over the storyline and just ignored it like never happened they've actually gone back to it and sort of like like that it reappeared like um, people have relapses and things like that and I think that's like a more realistic portrayal of it and I think that's definitely helps people relate and understand and yeah they reach a lot of people as well which is fantastic yeah Alex you've been absolutely sensational and hope that you enjoy the rest of your day thank you very much for having me it's been a pleasure and yeah I thoroughly enjoyed it
There you go. That's the conversation I had with Alex Cheney on a bus. Thank you to our sponsor, Stagecoach, for allowing us to record on their buses in Cambridge. Uh, get in touch with me at Juliet Burton um, on Twitter. Uh, it's Juliet Burton, writer, performer on Facebook and Juliet underscore Burton on Instagram. And you can also find me at www.julietburton.co.uk. Remember, J-U-L-I-E-T-T-E-B-U-R-T-O-N. It's almost as if I've said those letters before in my life. Thank you so much for listening. And until the very next episode, stay positive. <laughs>